from the book of Colossians in your New Testament chapter 1 beginning at verse 12 to verse 17 Somebody say amen. Amen. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made it possible for us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son his son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist All things stay together. And then to the book of Genesis, the first chapter. And the first verse. I'm going to read the first two verses. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the beginning. The earth was without form. It was dark. It had no shape. It had no substance. It was really nothingness. But the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord moved. Now, if the Spirit of the Lord can move where there's darkness, If the Spirit of the Lord can move where there is nothingness, void. Imagine what the Spirit can do in an atmosphere like this. Hallelujah. 
anything is possible anything can happen hallelujah he's a mind-blowing God he can heal your body before you leave this room he can set you straight before you leave this room the Spirit of the Lord is here oh hallelujah all things were made by him and for him tonight I want to I want to talk to you about in the beginning in the beginning let's pray together Holy Spirit you are the creator you are the maker in you we live and move and have our being without you oh Lord we can do nothing we are nothing for you are the vine and we are the branches Holy Spirit, now we ask that you would touch our hearts, touch our minds, ignite our spirits, draw us ever closer to you. In these closing hours of the church age, we pray your perfect will be done tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone say amen. You may be seated in the beginning. Hallelujah. Everything that we face in this world and and all the situations that's going on, it was all talked about in the book of Genesis. Everything started in this holy book. Any questions a person may have, the world and the dilemma that it's in, The origin of these circumstances could all be traced back to the beginning. The book of Genesis is an amazing book. When I began to read and study the book of Genesis, I more or less have a, or I got a photographic uh, mind. I like to see. I, I learn by seeing. And when I read the book of Genesis, many times I... I see it like a movie playing in my head. (laughs) And it is something else, let me tell you. It is a most powerful book. In the beginning, God. Somebody say, well, where did God come from? He was already there in the beginning. Amen. God created the beginning. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He created time. He created space. He's the uncaused cause. Hallelujah. He's a God that has no beginning. He has no ending. He's not the great I was. He's not the great I'm going to be. He's the great I am. He's a very present God. He's already into your tomorrows. And he's already in your yesterdays. He is so big our minds can't even begin to comprehend him. He's the architect of the ages. He's the engineer of all eternity. He has no rivals. He has no partners. He has no board of directors. He's God all by himself. There's nothing that can compare to our God. He's the almighty. He's El Shaddai. He's the one true living God. Hallelujah. And God, in the beginning, the Bible says, he created the heavens and the earth. 
God created the heavens and he created heavens of heavens. Oh, there's more than one heaven. There's heaven and then there's the heavenlies and there's the third heaven. And there's the heaven of heavens, a place where God dwells, amen, with the throne. And Bible says that eye has not seen, ears have not heard. It hasn't even come into our, our ability to comprehend the glorious things that God has prepared for us that love him. Oh, I can hardly wait to get to heaven. I'm telling you, the older I get, the less I like this world. Hey, man, I feel more like a foreigner here now than I've ever been. But I can't wait till that glorious day when we're going to see the streets of gold. We're going to see that pearl gate. No more pain. No more death. No more bronchitis. No more diabetes. No more high blood pressure. No more cancer. Praise God. They got sounds up there you've never heard. Colors you've never even comprehended. God got some beautiful things up there in that glorious place called heaven. And when God created heaven, he wanted it to be filled with sound. God likes sound. In fact, he likes the volume turned up. He likes it loud. So what did God do? He created an innumerable amount of angels. Angels who was around the throne, constantly worshiping him. Amen. Constantly saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. God loves praise. He loves worship. He's God. Everything he created, he created for himself. Amen. He created everything. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament testifies of his power. When you look at a tree, he created that tree to praise him. The tree limbs wave back and forth in the air. The birds are singing tweedly, tweedly dee, but they're praising God. The cows, they move praises. They catch meow praises. Everything God created is created to praise him. God loves praise. He loves worship. And he just created multitudes of angels to gather around the throne of God. And when I look at that scene in heaven, I see, I see three sections of angels. Three glorious departments, if you will. Over on this side, there's a whole group of angels. And each group have an archangel in charge. On this side, they are the, the warring angels. And the archangel over the warriors is the angel Michael. Over here on this side are the messenger angels. And the archangel over them is the angel called Gabriel. And then right before the throne are the worshiping angels. And the archangel over them is called Lucifer. So all these angels had their responsibility in heaven. But then one day, something changed. There was more than one will in heaven. And things got out of order.
because something entered into Lucifer. He was beautiful. He was the angel of the morning. In his very being was pipes and music. When Lucifer moved, there was beautiful music in the air. He was more or less in charge of the angelic choir. He was absolutely beautiful. And pride began to rise up in his spirit. Lucifer began to look around and said, you know, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have all this revival. Wasn't for me, we wouldn't have all this singing and dancing. Hey man, I'm good looking. I'm talented. I'm this, I'm that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to exalt myself. I'm going to lift up myself. I will, I will, I will. And when Lucifer said, I will, there was one will too many. Because there ain't but room for one will in heaven. And God was like, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We got two wheels up here. Somebody's got to go. And you know who went. Jesus testified. He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I tell you, when God get rid of you, he know how to get rid of you. <laughs> Satan fell like lightning. And the Bible says he took one third of the angels with him. A vacuum, a void. There was the messaging angels. There was the warring angels. But where was the worship? And God was like, uh-uh, I can't have this. I, I, can't, I can't have no worship. I can't have no praise. So the Bible says the Lord is seeking such to worship him. The eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro and saying, will you stand in the gap? Will you stand in the gap? I don't want quiet, sleepy church. I don't want no place where people think they're in a funeral home. Can I find somebody that's willing to make some noise? I can find somebody, hallelujah, that's willing to give me a shout of praise. Glory to God. That's why... That's why the devil does everything he can do to hinder your praise. He gets upset every time you say hallelujah. He gets mad every time you shout. He gets all beside himself when you get to dancing before the Lord. Oh, he can't stand that. He don't mind you coming to church. Go ahead. Come on, you can go to church, but don't you get too excited. You can go to church. That devil coming to church service at the church service. He finds people he can sit in their lap. You be sitting in your chair and music going and you like, man, I feel something, but I can't get up. I just, oh man, I just can't get that. You, you know what you need to do? Get out of my lap, devil. Get out of my lap. God been too good to me. God been too good to me. I'm going to praise him anyhow. I'm going to worship him anyhow. The devil says, sit down. The devil says, be quiet. The devil says, don't you clap. Don't you clap. Don't you clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. God loves it. I say, God loves it. Hallelujah. Oh, heaven. Heaven is such a glorious place. And God... 
he was so happy and he was so excited and pleased about this wondrous, incredible place, this golden city. And God said, I'm going to make another creation. I'm going to make it my crowning glory. Because when I create this thing, I'm going to do it different from the angels. This next creation, I'm going to create in my image. And in my likeness. And I'm going to create a heaven for this creation called earth. In heaven created, God created the earth. It was paradise. Everywhere you turned, just natural beauty. Fruit grew out of the ground. Trees full of all kinds of fruit and vegetation. It was a glorious place. And God said, now that's good. Now, I am going to create man. Fashion him with his own hands. God reached into the dust of the earth and pulled out a clump of dirt. That's all you are. <laughs> you think you all that. You ain't nothing but a clump of dirt. God picked up a clump of dirt and he began to form it and fashion it. And he created man. And there he lay on the ground, lifeless. And then God breathed in him the breath of life. And that life filled every vessel in his being. And at that instant, man became a living soul. At that moment, he became eternal. Because that's the part of God that's in us. Eternity. You will never cease to exist. You're going to live somewhere for eternity. God be, and God breathed into man. Man became a living soul. He was the express image of the invisible God. He was perfect. And when God created man, he gave him a place to live. A garden of Eden. It's always God's will that a man have a place to live. Amen? Amen. Not God's will a man be homeless. God wants you to have a roof over your head. He wants you to have a place to live. But not only that, when God created man, he gave him a job. It's the will of God that you have a job. I don't know what it is. It's something about being productive that makes a man feel complete. Amen. God told Adam, I want you to till the garden. I want you to take care of the garden, Adam. And not only that, I'm going to give you the responsibility of naming all the animals. Adam was super intelligent. And I could just imagine Adam, he was so happy, he was so excited about his job, and he was naming all the animals. That's a lot of animals. And he would look at them and, oh, 
right when I'm a cow. You're going to be a cow. Mm, okay. You go over there. Uh, wow, you something else. I'm going to call you a zebra. Yes, yes, you a zebra. And you are, you, you are a rhinoceros. <laughs> I like that. You know, and so Adam was all into this man. He was enjoying communion with God. Everything was beautiful. It was perfect. And God was sitting back on the throne looking at all of this going on. And he was so excited. But he began to notice the animals were coming to Adam two by two, male and female. And even though God can talk to man, man was still by himself. God said, hmm, I don't think it's good for a man to be alone. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create something better. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a help me for Adam. Yes, yes. And I'm going I'm to make her very special. I, I, I'm going to do it different. I'm not, I'm not going to dig in the dirt for her. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to cause Adam to go to sleep. And he called Adam and said, Adam, I got a surprise for you. What is it, Lord? Close your eyes. Lay down, lay down, lay down. Lord, this must going to be mighty good. <laughs> and God caused a deep sleep to come over Adam. And then God went to operating. He bore his holy arm. And he reached down into the side of man and pulled out a rib. And God began to fashion that rib with his own hands. And boy, did he do a job. Man, when he got done, she was standing there, whoo, absolutely perfect. No blemishes, no wrinkles, no spots, nothing out of place. God went over to Adam and, Adam, wake up, Adam. Adam got up, got a surprise for you, Adam. Adam was like, Ow! What's that all about? Oh, don't worry about that, Adam. But I want you to look over here. And God raised his hands and pointed to her and said, Come, Adam, this is bone of your bone. This is flesh of your flesh. And Eve come walking around the bushes. And when Adam saw her, he said, Whoa, man. said I want you to be fruitful I want you to multiply I want you to replenish the earth she is your wife the mother of all living now Adam I have authority set for the home you can be the head of the home Adam you're the priest of your house 
that hasn't changed. The man is the priest of the home. The success or the failure of the home falls on the man's shoulders. Adam, I'm going to talk directly to you. You talk to your wife. The both of you raise up your children. That's the order. Amen. I'm going to meet with you every day at this special place. We're going to commune together. We're going to talk about our day. And we're going to just have fellowship together. And they just absolutely loved it. And God said, now, Adam, you have a will. No other creator, no other creature that I've created have a will, but you do. You can choose right from wrong, but I got to give you something to choose against. So, Adam, I planted a tree. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This tree, you shall not eat of it, because if you do, in that day, you shall surely die. Oh, wow. But, but, but don't fret over that. That's just one tree. All the other trees in the garden, including the tree of life, you may freely eat. Oh, what a good deal. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Man, that was so great. But that tree of the knowledge was the only place the devil could tempt man. He had a big job on his hand because man had everything else to enjoy. And so Satan wrapped himself around the forbidden tree waiting for his chance and the devil hasn't changed. He's very patient. He's very meticulous. He's waiting for you. And so it happened. Now, this part of the story is my version. Because, <laughs> you know, when I look at Adam and Eve, when I look at anybody in the scriptures, I see them as people like us because they were people like us. We got married couples here tonight, husband and wife. But you cannot tell me that 24-7 you're always together. You're not Siamese twins. There are going to be times the husband's going to be outside and the wife going to be in the house. There are going to be times the wife is going to be at the grocery store and the husband going to be tinkering in the garden. There are going to be times somebody going to be upstairs and somebody going to be downstairs. But I guarantee you, there's not a time 24-7 where you're going to be together all the time. So with that in mind, Sister Eve was by herself. Sometimes she's alone. she go for walks. And on this particular day, she was walking through the garden. And she was walking in the area of the forbidden tree. Eve, be careful. I'm okay. I ain't thinking about that tree. <laughs> Eve, abstain from the very appearance of evil. Don't go near it. Make no room for the devil. I can handle it. Oh my goodness. 
how many mistakes have we made with that thought in in our head? I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that. Why are you near it? Get away from it. Don't even go down that path. But she did. She was walking along and she got within earshot of that tree close enough where the devil could get her attention. And he was like, this is my chance. This is my chance. And there was Eve and Satan popped his head up and was, Eve was like, what is this? Come here. Eve looked around. What is it? I got a question for you. Have God said, and that's the first words come out of the devil's mouth, questioning the word of God. He hasn't changed. He still questions the word and he questions you about the word. Have God said, do you know what God said? Do you know the word of God? Well, my church say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I don't want to hear that. Well, my pastor believed, no, I don't want to hear that. What do you believe? What do you know? What have God said to you? Have God said you can't? As it is again, that's another trick of the devil. Did God say you can't? Did God say you can't? Did God say you can't? He always specialized in negatives. Did God say you can't? That's why so many people resist God. Because of all the things the devil tell them. Well, if you start going to that church, you can't do this no more. And if you really give your life to God, you can't go down no more. And you can't do this no more. And you can't have no fun. Amen. Man, that devil was all over me when I first came to church. I would tell my friends, man, I go to this church, man, I go to church. And they thought I just went to some regular church. Where you can just go to church and live like you want. No, sir, I'm in the real deal, Holyfield. I told him, he said, what church you go to? I said, I'm, I'm going down to this Pentecostal church. He said, did you say Pentecostal? I said, yeah. Ooh. I was like, what's wrong, man? Man, those people, they holy sanctified. Holy sanctified? Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know if you know what you're getting into. My grandmama was Pentecostal. Those people don't play. It's like, what are you talking about, man? He said, man, you, you go down to them Pentecostal people, you get hooked up in that holy roller stuff, I know how you are, man. I know how you are. You get down with them, brother, you can't get drunk no more. How many know you can still get drunk? But not as they suppose. But it's the new wine out of heaven. Hallelujah. It'll give you a new way of talking. It'll give you a new way of walking. It will intoxicate you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You ought to get drunk every now and then in the Holy Ghost. Woo! Glory to God. Yeah, he was trying to tell me you can't get drunk no more and you can't dance at the clubs no more. I ain't dancing at the clubs no more, but I'm still dancing. I'm still dancing because ain't no party 
like a Holy Ghost party. Cause the Holy Ghost party don't quit. You ain't been to no dance until you've been dancing for the Lord. You ain't been to no, woo, you ain't had no party until you partied in church. Hallelujah. Man, he was going down the list. Man, you can't smoke no more. I said, let me tell you something, man. Everything you're telling me I can't do, you can't do in hell. He started looking at me all, what are you talking about? I said, man, you ain't going to be going to no clubs in hell. You ain't going to be chasing no women in hell. You ain't going to be drinking uh, Coke 45 in hell. You're not going to be smoking in hell. Well, you might be smoking. <laughs> That's how the devil works. He maximizes the little things. And he minimizes the great things. He wants you to focus on what you can't do, what you can't. You know that devil... He won't tell you the other side. He would never say, you can eat of all the trees except one. That's a good deal. But he always want to make you feel God is going to deny you something. God is going to hold things back from you. And you, you can't do this and you can't do that. And Eve said, mm -mm, not so. I know what the words say. I know what the words say. God said we can't touch the tree and we can't eat of it. And the devil said, oh. She added to the word. God didn't say nothing about touching it. And so the devil said, well, since you don't know the word, let me just come out and tell you, God is lying to you. You're not going to die. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. You can be the captain of your own destiny. You can do your own thing. God don't want you to be happy. God don't want you to, amen. He wants you to be a slave to him. But you can be wise and you can, and then he said, Eve, look at it. Look at it. Look at the fruit. The lust of the eye. Look at it. Look at it. Let me tell y'all something. We need to be careful what we're looking at. We need to be careful. David said, I make a covenant with my eyes. I won't behold any evil thing. The eye is the gate to the soul. What you watch does affect you. Look at it. Eve, it's going to taste good. Lust of the flesh. Oh, one bite of this juicy apple. Oh, your taste buds are going to tingle, tingle, tingle. You're going to be so excited. It's ecstasy. Eat it. And then he said, and it'll make you like God. Pride of life. And God don't want you to have none of those things, Eve. Here, eat it. And she took the fruit. And she bit it. And when she bit it, the glory of God <laughs> left her. And what I mean by the glory the glory of God is the light of God. The glory of God is this brilliant light. Amen. That Moses saw on the backside of the mountain. The glory of God is what they saw in the transfiguration when the flesh dissolved and they saw the light. 
That's the glory of God. We know Adam and Eve were naked. But they weren't naked in the garden like we think. I believe they were clothed in the glory of God. I believe when Adam and Eve walked around the garden, there was a light all around them. And like Jesus said, now you are the light of the world. And so Adam and Eve in their perfection, the light was on the outside. And everywhere they went, you could just see these two beams of light walking through the garden. But when Eve bit the fruit, the light left and she was exposed. Now, here comes brother Adam. Because I don't believe Adam was there when this was happening. He was a man of perfect intelligence. He would have known what's going on. I just can't see you go sit there and let your wife be abused by the devil like that and not say nothing. Mm -mm, no, no. Adam come walking up on the scene looking for Eve. Well, I wonder where that woman at. Eve! Eve! And he walks down that path near the forbidden tree and he sees the serpent coiled around the tree and he looks at, oh! He sees Eve! Something has changed. She is completely exposed. What? Eve, what have you done? And in her hand is the fruit. Teeth marks all in it. Adam is like, oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't, Eve. You didn't do it. And she's standing there, tears down her cheeks. And the devil just smiling. And if you notice, if you notice, the devil said nothing to Adam. But Adam had a problem. Adam had a dilemma. His better half had crossed the line. She had left light and entered into darkness. She had left righteousness and she has entered into unrighteousness. And God put separation between light and day. He put separation between light and darkness. God put separation between sin and holiness. Now there was a void between them. And Adam was all alone. And he looked over at Eve and he was like, oh, why? Why did you do it, Eve? And now he had to make a choice. And many times I, I, I've been so mad at Adam. Because the Bible says it wasn't a woman, it was the man. For by one man, we've all been made sinners. It's because of Adam, not Eve. Adam was in charge. Why would you? Adam, what are you getting ready to do? You know better, Adam. You know better. And the devil didn't say a word, just smiling. So what did Adam do? I feel for the brother. I know it was a woman. But she was the only woman in the world. <laughs> Can you imagine that? She was the only woman in the world, and she was awesome. I got to make a choice. Do I live the rest of my life alone with you, Lord? Or do I cross the line and be with her? Oh, man. God, you a good God. But, 
give me that fruit. <laughs> he crossed the line and bit it too. <laughs> Glory left. Both of them was on the wrong side. Okay, now what are we going to do? Fear comes in. Sin brings fear. Oh, man, we're in trouble, Eve. We're in trouble. We've got to put something on. We've got to cover up. And they grabbed branches and leaves and started trying to, how do, how do I look? How do I, I'm a little over to the left, more to the left. Okay, how about right here? Okay, yeah, that's good, that's good. And they're covering themselves up. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot cover your sin. Man, they were doing their best, man, getting everything just right. And then they were hiding, hiding. See, sin will cause you to go away from God, not run to him. And they went running, hiding in the bushes and hiding behind the trees. Amen. Just, oh, I hope he don't see us. I hope he don't see us. And then here comes God right on time in the cool of the evening. The Spirit of the Lord walking through the garden, going to the place they would always meet, going to the place they would always meet. God is never out of place. It's you and I that move. He's always in the same spot. And he went there and was looking for Adam and Eve. They should have been here already. This is where we meet. This is where we have communion. And then God said, Adam! Where are you? How many know God knew where they were? God knows everything. He saw everything. He see Adam and Eve hiding behind the bushes, knees just a knocking. But why would he ask a question like that? It wasn't for him. It wasn't for his sake. It was for Adam. Adam, do you know where you are? Where are you? And he's asking that question tonight. He's asking each and every one of us, where are you? Where are you? God knows where you are. Do you know where you are? Some of y'all think you're close, but you're really far away. The Bible says, take heed to yourself. Examine yourself. See if you're still in the faith. Where are you? <clears throat> so Adam and Eve, they come out from behind the bushes. And they got all this ragtag covering on them. Looking so simple. And that's how we look when we come before God. And we stand there before the Lord and God looked at them and boy, when he saw them, he got mad. And you don't want to make God mad. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. God was like, you know, I've done everything for you. I gave you everything. I promised you everything. I wanted to be with you. And you went to the enemy's camp. And he deceived you. He, he destroyed our relationship. Adam, what hast thou done? This was Adam's opportunity to set things straight. To repent. To confess, to take responsibility. But instead, Adam stood before the Lord and he said, Oh, uh, oh, uh, see, 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 oh. Uh, uh. The woman that you gave me, <laughs> I didn't ask for her. <laughs> I was doing good by myself. 
but it was your idea. And that's how, that's how men are. We want to blame everything on something else. If I lived in a better neighborhood or, or if I lived in a better home or if I had a better this or this. Or Listen, let me tell you something. It's not nothing else but you. You're the one that make the choices. You're the one that make the decisions. It's nothing but you. It's your choice. You need to man up, take responsibility and say, Lord, I did it. I'm sorry. I confess. And that's what God was waiting for Adam to do. But Adam went to blaming and he blamed Eve. And God looked at Eve, woman, what hast thou done? She stood there shaking, nervous and afraid. She had the same opportunity. I'm sorry, Lord. I did wrong, but no. Eve did just like Adam. The serpent. Remember Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. <laughs> blaming, 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 blaming. God got more upset. And God started cursing. Not like you. <laughs> he cursed the ground. He cursed the serpent. He cursed the woman. He cursed the man. God was angry. He was upset. Now you're going to die. And all of your fruit is spoiled. The whole world is going to suffer because of you. And God's heart was broken because he loves you. He desires to be with you. But now in his holiness, he can't stand in the presence of sin. And so the ones he loved, he had to cast out of the garden. And he put an angel to God, the tree of life, because he did not want sin to go on for eternity. Adam and Eve, get out of here. Get out of my sight. He walked away. And you can hear the devil just giggling. <laughs> they belong to me now. I know I don't have a second chance. I know where I'm going. But I'm going to take as many of your people with me. I won this fight. And God was like, no, no, uh-uh, it can't end like this. No, there's got to be a way. There's got to be the way to get them back. There's got to be a way to get them back. And the Bible teaches the wages of sin is and life is in the blood. God said the only way to reverse death is I got to bring life and life is in the blood so there's got to be a shedding of blood there's got to be a shedding of blood and God looked over and he saw an animal and God killed that animal first time something died God killed that animal and he took the skin the coat of that animal Adam there's a way back there's a way to come back to me, Adam. You've got to be covered. Adam put on that covering. Eve, he killed another animal, took the skin off that animal and clothed Eve with it. And let me tell you, that clothing wasn't pretty. It was raw. It smelled, but it was bloody. 
And the blood dripped from the skin of that animal. It dripped down Adam's shoulders. It dripped down his fingers. Blood was dripping down his legs. He was covered by the blood. Something innocent had to die. Something innocent had to die to provide a covering so you and I can get back to the tree of life. Something innocent had to die to provide the blood so you and I can get back to paradise, so we can get back to relationship. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God made a way. God made a way. God made a way back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And after that, he instituted the blood sacrifice. He said, you need to take a lamb. You need to take a lamb. Kill the lamb. Let the blood be shed. It was only temporary. It was only to last until one day. John was baptizing in the river Jordan. And as he was baptizing unto repentance, he looked up and saw him. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which has come to take away the sins of the whole world. The last lamb, the last sacrifice, the last shedding of blood. God made a way for us. God made a way for us. And it started all the way in the beginning. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb. The Lamb of God had made a way for us. When we get to heaven, the only way we're going to get through those pearly gates is that we're covered in the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. You have to have the blood applied to your life, sir. Bam, you have to have the blood applied to your life in order to find favor with God. Amen. And I'm going to tell you how to get the blood. Musicians, would you come? John said there are three that bear witness in the earth. The water, the spirit, and the blood. And these three agree in one. They're all together in one. Now, I cannot show you his spirit. It's invisible. And the blood that flowed from Calvary, I can't show you the blood. But I can show you the water. The water, the blood, the spirit. The spirit comes to the water. The blood comes to the water. And that's where you get your sins washed away. It's in the water. Moses told him, turn your back on Egypt. That's repentance. Put Egypt behind you. Come follow the will of God. Turn around. Put the world behind you. And then he led them to the sea. They had to go through the water. In order to get to the promised land. Isn't it interesting? The name of the sea. Is the red sea.
the blood. It's in the water. There's no other water that can save you but the water with the blood in it. How do I get the blood to the water? How do I get the spirit to the water? It's by calling on his name. For Peter said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So if you get in the water and they don't call his name, it's no blood, no remission. Some preacher take you out to the river and dip you three times. No blood, no remission. Somebody take you as an infant and sprinkle water on your head. No blood, no remission. But what about all these people that get baptized in Father, Son, Holy Ghost? No blood. No remission. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12 And that name is Jesus. And when you call on the name Jesus, the Spirit comes. The blood comes. It gets in the water. And when you go down in that water, there's a cleansing. There's a washing. And all your sins are washed away in the blood, in the precious blood of Jesus. And that's the only way you can get the blood applied to your life is when you get in that water in the name of Jesus Christ. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. It's for everybody, everywhere, regardless of your background, regardless of your denomination there's only one plan there's only one salvation there's only one gospel hallelujah to God and we know the way we got the way you can have it tonight let's stand together give the Lord a great hand clap of praise we can do it tonight hallelujah the blood the blood the blood hallelujah oh Lord it all started in the book of Genesis. It all started in the book of beginnings. It's all there. And today, it's for you. It's for you. Being a good person won't save you. But we are saved by the precious blood of the Lamb. Don't walk out of here uncovered. Don't try to cover yourself with good deeds. You need the blood to your life. And the only way to get the blood is in the water. And when you get in the water, everything changes. Everything changes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Denise? Where are you, Henry? Where are you, James? Where are you, Victor? Where are you? Sam, where are you, Carol? Where are you, Jennifer? Where are you? Where are you? God knows your name, and he's calling you to come now. He's calling you to come now. He's calling your name. You've not been baptized in Jesus' name. He's calling you to come now. Would you just come to the front and line up across the front? I need to be baptized. Yes, you do. You need to come and have your sins washed away. People are dying by the multitudes every day. 
We go to funerals and we hope they made it. You don't have to hope. You can know. You can know. You can make your calling and election sure. Brother, I didn't come to pray for this. Well, God is prepared for you. And he's calling on your name right now. Right now. Don't wait another moment. Hallelujah. Ma'am, I know you believe in God and you've been serving God, but you've not been baptized right. You need to come get it right today. The Holy Ghost set you up. He knew you'd be here. You need to come and get it right today. Come on, church, you got to help me pray. There's some people here that need to be baptized. There's some people here that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Salvation is here. The water is here. The Spirit is here. The name of Jesus, it's here. And it's for you and your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he's calling you right now. He wants to save you and not just you, your household. If you make the right decision, it will affect your children. It will affect your mate. It will affect your family. It will affect your friends. God says, but it's going to start with you. It's going to start. Come on. Come on. Come on. Great things are in store. Wonderful things are prepared for you. Trust Him. Believe Him. Obey Him. Obey Him. We got a change of clothes for you. We have a change of clothes for you. We already ready. Just come on. Just come on. Hallelujah. No more excuses. No more waiting. Just come to the front right here. Just come line up to the front. Surely there's somebody on this side. Surely there's somebody in the back. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. And receive the gift of eternal life. Receive the gift of God's plan of salvation. You don't have to settle for anything less. But it's here for you today. And it all started in the beginning. I want you to pray, church. There are still people here making decisions. Tonight is your night. You don't have a guarantee that you'll have another chance. No, 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 no. The devil says, wait. The devil says, not today. The devil says, maybe later. But God says, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Come now. Come now. Come now while you got blood in your veins. Come now while you got a mind that still works. Come now while you're still physically able. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Surely there's more. You need to be baptized tonight. Ma'am, God's calling you. God's calling you. Just come on up to the front. We got a change of clothes for you. Don't worry about your hair. Don't worry about that trivial stuff. Eternity is in the mix. Eternity is in the balance. Eternity is calling. Say yes to the Lord today. Say yes to the Lord today. Come on, church. I need you to pray. Oh, God, help us. The Holy Ghost is talking to us. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Trust and believe him today. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not, you shall be damned. It's your choice. Would you come? Would you come? We're going to pray. We're going to continue to pray while they're singing. We'll wait for you. We ain't, we ain't gonna wait a long time, but we'll wait for you. Let's pray, church.
somebody is watching, somebody is watching my live stream. God is talking to you. God is speaking to you. You're sitting there on your couch and you know, you know you need to be saved. The Holy Ghost has been dealing with you for a long time. It's time for you to surrender. It's time to come out with your hands up. Quit fighting God. Quit fighting the Holy Ghost. Truth has come to your door and it's knocking. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to everybody. So you'll never have an excuse. Tonight's your night. There's some of you right now that's in driving distance of this church. Why don't you get up off your couch and get in your truck? Come on down here to the church. Come on down here right now. Just come on. Come on, bring grandma with you. Every, because come on, we're ready to baptize you. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come now while the Holy Ghost is calling. Come now while the Holy Ghost is beckoning. Hallelujah. Don't wait, don't wait, don't put it off. Praise the Lord. Some of you got relatives right now that's in their place of decision. I want you to pray for your cousins. I want you to pray for your aunts, your uncles. Come on, they're not saved. I want you to pray for them right now. They're going to feel the power of angels all around them. Lord, send an angel to my cousin's house. Lord God, disturb my daughter-in-law. God, touch her right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're able to go beyond the prison doors. God, go behind that cell and touch that young man. Touch him right now and let him know it's not too late. Make your mind up. Make your mind up. And surrender to Jesus. Give in to Jesus. Hallelujah. In closing, as many as can or would desire to, would you gather around the front of the church together as we close out this service? We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for providing everything for us. Everything we need. I love you. I trust you. In these last days, I depend on you. Your way is the only way. You are the way. There's no other way. You are the truth. There's no other truth. You are life. And there is no other life. Come on, Kabatoshata. Hallelujah. Give it all to Him. Give it all to Him. Let this song be your prayer. Let this song be your prayer. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Jesus Christ.